0: It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I recently had a student call me out. They were talking about Agile Roadmaps. And we were talking about product roadmaps in my product underclass. And I said, Lee, it would be really helpful if you had an exercise we could do to really make sure we have a head around roadmaps. Now, what I can tell you is that this led to an interesting conversation here's why I used to have an exercise and the exercise would always take like over an hour and it would end with some students getting frustrated excuse me and um why the frustration well because I quickly learned not everyone did their roadmaps the same so I started going back and digging because I know I saw some uh, research from one of the certified scrum trainers on this topic and um I found an article by Roman Pickler now, I'm not trying to scare you, but this article is from July of 2016 and it was called the 10 tips for creating agile product roadmaps. And what I can tell you is I have a great deal of respect for Roman, but also I thought these 10 tips were very, very beneficial. So I thought I'd pass them along to you. Now it's 10, so it's going to be a high level overview for the sake of time, but hopefully <laughs> you'll get the gist of where I'm trying to go. Excuse me. All right, here we go. Number one. Focus on goals and benefits. Whenever you're facing an agile, dynamic environment, be it that your product is young and experiencing significant change, or that the market is dynamic with new competitors or technologies being introduced, you should work with a goal-oriented product roadmap, sometimes referred to as theme based Goal-oriented roadmaps focus on goals or objectives like acquiring customers, increasing engagement, removing debt. Features still exist, but they're viewed as second-class citizens. I love this advice. Um, If we focus on goals and benefits and you put together a more, how should I put it, division-driven or vision-driven roadmap, what you're going to see is that the products will fold into the goal-oriented roadmap. So this is one that's very, very, very important. Okay, the second one's going to shock everybody. Do the necessary prep work. How many times have you heard me say that in order to do anything right in Agile, there has to be some preparation? And I get shot down about that all the time. But the truth is, anything you're doing, whether it's creating backlog items, doing release planning, going through estimation, you always have to have at least minimal prep work. So you should make sure you describe and validate your product vision and strategy. Make sure you understand the path to realize that vision before you create your roadmap and decide which strategy, when when how the strategy is best going to be implemented, is basically what it boils down to. And you can do this using a product vision board. You could use this using many other tools. I know there's a ton out there on, on a couple of the sites where you do the large whiteboards, Miro or Mural. Those are the two I was thinking of. I know Miro has one for free on, on the Miroverse. Okay, coming at number three, make sure you're telling a coherent story. This one's interesting. A lot of times I ask customers or clients of mine, To map their roadmap back to a journey map or to some type of map that shows how the end user is going to engage with the product or service. Because if you uh, tell a coherent story about growth, about where you see the roadmap going and about where it came from, the internal product roadmap, for example, should talk to things like development, technology, marketing, sales, service, and other groups that are helping your product to success. You need to make sure you incorporate that around what you're doing. Not only is this good for the team building, but it's good for the people on the outside to be able to look in and get a glimpse at where they fit in your world. Okay, number four is probably my favorite of all 10. Keep it simple. Resist the temptations to try to add so much to a roadmap. I mean, I know for certain, guilty as charge, that for a long time I used to always say, Make sure you have enough detail in the roadmap that you can really flesh it out into features and into epics that they could easily be consumed. And what I found was when you separate strategic and tactical, the roadmap does a fantastic job strategic, and the product backlog does a great job tactical. So if you make it a high level or more coarse grained uh, view, it's going to be easier to consume and it's going to be easier for you to break it down. Okay. Here comes number five. This one was near the top of my favorites list too, confession. Uh, this one's called Secure Strong Buy-in. Now, buy-in on a roadmap is not easy. But in the best roadmap is worthless if it requires everybody to have conversations and nobody buys. If nobody's buying into it, nobody buys it, then you're hosed. You're done. You might as well not even made the roadmap. So I think a big key here is to create agreement and collaborate with the key stakeholders. And make sure you have your quo, bafata present uh, so that you can run a collaborative roadmapping workshop. Make sure you have representation. That represents the different groups. And sometimes you have to invite some outside people in from sales, marketing, service, support. But make sure you've got everyone there to have the conversation it needs to be there, but that you're not overpacking the room. We don't want filibustering. All right, coming in at number six, have the courage to say no. Now, there's so many conversations about Steve Jobs and about other people who always say no. Collaboration requires leadership. You got to say no to some things, right? I get it. But I'm almost, I don't want to say opposed to saying no, but the sentence or the phrase that I've used to replace it with is help me understand. So I'm not just saying no. I'm saying help me understand how this is going to impact us in the next round. Help me understand how this is going to drive future sales. Help me understand where the budget for this project is going to come from. Help me understand how we as a team are going to organize around this idea. Help me understand how this is going to help me be better. And I think that if you just use that help me understand attitude, you're gonna learn more about innovation, you're gonna learn more about strategically what direction you're trying to go, and you're gonna learn a whole lot more about the organization and how they tackle different things. And you're and you're gonna learn that sometimes things are more or less important than you originally thought they were. Okay. Coming in at number seven, I like this one a lot too. Know when to show dates. You know, some people recommend never show dates on a product roadmap. I'm not one of those people. But I do think you need to keep the bridge wide enough that you can easily cross. I think too many people try to put dates on a roadmap and they say, this will be done in 12 days, 14 hours, 31 minutes and 26 seconds. And the second they do that, they're locking themselves into something that they can never, ever meet. I think that we need to understand and show that we understand, and we do need to qualify things in quarters, but within those quarters, we should also give some high level, You know, here's the earliest we could start, and here's the latest we hope to finish. And I think that if you use those as your metric, it's going to help you show the right dates. So that way you're showing a span. And while the actual work might only take, I don't know, a week or two, you're showing a span of several weeks to say, hey, you know, within this range, you're going to get this week of two of work. And I think that's better for all parties involved. It just shows people that you're paying attention and that you're keeping your promises. OK, number eight, make your roadmap measurable. I've seen so many roadmaps where they put pie-in-the-sky stuff out there or they put way too much stuff out there, and there's no way to measure success against it. It's just it's a debacle. It's a mess. It's a dumpster fire. So I think that if you're using a goal-oriented roadmap, then every goal should be measurable, and you got a winner. So I think it's just you need to make sure you understand how to write the roadmap in such a way that you can measure success against it and you can score it because I think that's going to be important in the long term. Okay. Number nine, now this one confused me a little bit, but then once I read it, I understood. It says, determine cost top-down. Whenever your product is new, young, or changing, I recommend you don't try to attempt to determine a development cost bottom-up, but rather from top-down. It's impossible to derive the right epics and user stories from the roadmap features, uh, get correct estimates from your team, and accurately anticipate the velocity of the rate change in the product backlog. Even if you manage to make it work, you'll end up with overly long and complex product backlog." That is difficult to adjust and maintain what's more it could take days to do this in some cases weeks uh, to turn these features into well-defined requirements and come up with really detailed estimates instead determine how many people with the skills are likely required to take uh, on a desired release in a roadmap draw on the experience of developing similar products or previous versions of the same type consider whether enough people are the right expertise or If you have the right expertise even available in your company or if you have to hire uh, or contract with additional people this should give you the indication of the labor cost involved then add in your cost of facilities infrastructure materials licenses other relevant items etc so what they're saying is a lot of times you start from the bottom up you don't account for all those unexpected for all the additional things you need where if you come from the top down uh you you don't miss those things makes sense right all right finally number ten regularly review, and feel comfortable adjusting the roadmap. Amen, brother. You know, if your environment's agile and you're saying to yourself, you know, oh, we're good. We can just lay out this roadmap for a year. No. If you've got a mature product and it's in a, a stable market, you know, you can review it every three to six months. If it's in a dynamic market, review it quarterly. If you got a young product, an emerging product, In a stable market, or even that thing every quarter, and in a dynamic market, you're probably reviewing it monthly, if not more often. I think it's just important for us to know what type of product we have, where it is, how many customers we have, how they're gonna be impacted by change. But I think it's important that we show and get our head around, especially if we're in a youth or actually youth, a youthful growing company, that we need to exhibit and show where we are and be transparent. Because I think it's important for people to learn where we are and where we're trying to go. So there you have it. And thanks, Roma, for that awesome article. I'll drop a link to it in the, uh, in the in the text here. If you have a topic you want to discuss, make sure you reach out to us, learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.